You ever heard the phrase, the more things change, the more things stay the same? And while we love the excitement of new things, it's also nice to have the reliability of something constant. Hey, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and when it comes to insurance, State Farm is a good neighbor you can count on. Solo llama a tu agente. Another way State Farm helps is by supporting the creators and storytellers of the Michael Tuda Podcast Network family. Con la ayuda de State Farm, estamos ayudando y asegurándonos de que nuestras voces sean escuchadas. Como un buen vecino, State Farm está ahí. Aprende más en es.statefarm.com. If you're anything like me, you're booked and busy. From family duties and work responsibilities to catching up on your favorite shows and podcasts. Yes, like Wrestling with Freddy, with me, Freddy Prinze Jr. With all the responsibilities we have, it's always nice to have someone in your corner. That's why State Farm is there for you with your auto and home insurance needs, helping you protect the things you love and helping you save money. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. State Farm, proud sponsor of the Michael Tura Podcast Network. This is an official download from thecustardtv.com. Guess who's back? Back again. I'm back. Tell a friend. Luckily, I have one with me. It's Matt in the northern area. Hello. I'm not your friend. Well, you're my colleague. Colleague, yeah. <laughs> I didn't really scan in the songs. <laughs> Do we have to pay Eminem a lot of money now, or is that fair use? No. I think I was just vaguely out of tune enough. But... <laughs> okay, so it's the Custom TV podcast. Oh, you almost <laughs> got that wrong. I, thought, I got way. that wrong completely. You have a week off. The Custard TV podcast uh, is back from the team at thecustardtv.com. As is customary, even though I already know and have feigned interest once, how are you? Yeah, I'm not bad. But more importantly, how are you? Because we were away last week, you were in yeah. Centre Parks with your Got family. very wet, very wet. I was drier in the swimming pool than I was walking around the... The park, but I would recommend it. Uh, it was fun, and it was a slice of normality in a world that doesn't feel normal at the moment. So that, was, and, apart from the weather, it was lovely. And I yeah, was, no, I've uh, only I uh, have very little memory of Centre Parks. I think we went there once, and I must have been about seven. Very little memory of that. I remember everyone going cycling, but me because I I've never learned to ride a bike. The things like, we've been doing this. How yeah. many years now? Nearly I've 10 years. I've mentioned this before because I've talked about... I, it was probably on a review you weren't on because we were talking about Doctor Who and I have mentioned this before because I'm dyspraxic. I've mentioned this. Oh. You, just don't, you just don't listen. I honestly never knew. I mean, it's one of those things that you won't miss because you've never been able to do it. But let's just do a little counselling session what else does this dyspraxia stop you not, from not a lot really i suppose like hand-eye coordination so tennis pool things like that really darts i play darts but i'm all right with darts you sound lethal with darts if you can't no. play tennis i suppose tennis relies on what another person is going to do do you know what i mean what about like catching a Catching a ball or catching something somebody I, chucks I it, can yeah. sometimes do that. It comes, it's hit and miss, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> That's already the best thing you've ever said on the book. <laughs> Easily pleased. <laughs> well, that's made my day. I don't right, know. Five minutes while Luke gets all his laughter out and then we'll stop. <laughs> Luke and Matt. This could be a podcast. A podcast? Don't you have to be some sort of whiz kid to do those? Uh, definitely not. Anyone with a computer can make one. Talking telly. Use your ears and trust them. This is the Custard TV Podcast. Yes, that would entertain me briefly. From thecustardtv.com The shows this week, we've got Channel 4's adult material. I Hate Susie, which is now all finished. On Sky Atlantic, and there is a box set on Now TV. The pandemic special of South Park. But I think we should do that last because I don't think it's actually aired over here yet. Um, I believe that Now TV is showing all of South Park, as you say, in conjunction with Comedy Central. Um, But the the South Park pandemic special actually hasn't aired for some reason in the UK yet. Whether they're putting it on ahead of when the the 
full season is coming out. Um, and then also Britbox original Spitting Image is back for 2020. Uh, it did so well over over the course of the week that they've announced they've commissioned another series for 2021. But what did we think of that? You're just going to have to wait and see. Hold your horses. Um, do you want to start, though, with adult material? Yes. Uh, which is Channel 4's new four-part drama on Monday nights. Weirdly, they've done something that Channel 4 don't ordinarily do. All four episodes are on all four. Perhaps that's why they did it. I don't know. So uh, this stars um, Hayley Squires, who plays um, Jolene Dollar, a um, veteran porn actress. Uh, she's a mother of three. You know, you get her at work uh, being directed by um, the director played by Phil Daniels. You see her interacting with um, a, a new uh, actress, new porn actress, uh, Amy. And her reluctance to do a certain uh, a certain scene, um, leading up to this big party at um, the the sort of person who oversees, I suppose, the porn industry. Um, Carol, played by uh, unrecognisable Rupert Everett, uh, in that role, and um, we also follow uh, Jolene's uh, oldest daughter Phoebe, who has uh, started a sexual relationship. Uh, with a classmate, and uh, you've got Jolene's reaction to that. And it ends, as I say, with this party at Carol's house and a an interest. I mean, should we talk about the ending as well? Yes, I think you've got to. It sort of changed it to. at the end. Yeah. Tom Payne, this American actor whose you know, reputation preceded him, Jolene had a experience with him. We're not quite sure what happened there exactly. He comes to the house and Amy is up and, and they get talking and then he um, has sex with her. Not sure if it's consensual or not. As he finishes, she stabs him with a knife. So that's yeah. sort of what happens in the first episode. Yeah. This felt like something that Channel 4 used to do a lot. They used to do these pushing the envelope explicit shows that no other channel dare try and do a little quirky slant on them and used to be what channel four was known for and it sort of reminded me of that and i have to say i really enjoyed it up until a point i think Hayley squires gives an incredible performance she loses herself in this role i love the way she was sort of motherly to the rest of the girls it puts an interesting slant on it because because of her success in this industry her children have been able to go to private schools and have a great education, but now her daughter Phoebe that you mentioned is of an age where she's obviously getting the mick taken out of her because of what her mum does, and it puts her in a really awkward position. There's a, there's an, a, another conversation to be had about consent as well between the daughter and her boyfriend who she wakes up uh, having spent the night at her house and he's having sex with her. And uh, she wasn't aware of it. And the mother and daughter conversation there will will take your take some understanding. And, it's a very interesting way of looking at. And I think that's what I liked about it. And mm. and that it di- I I think it's absolutely. a show that diverts expectations. Yes, uh, to absolutely. A and I I think you know the discussion we've been having over the past few weeks around you know these big BBC dramas which you haven't been a fan of. And I think it's because of the predictability to a point you know you were talking about genuine characters but i think as well it's that ability to sort of predict what's coming next and i think that's why we enjoy stuff like i may destroy you and and things like that and i think you know we've seen those scenes before where you know it's the boyfriend having sex with with the girlfriend without her knowledge and her shrugging it off and later her telling her mum and normally it would be mum hitting the roof and horrified marching, you know marching her down to the police station and things like that but in this case because of jolene slash i mean her character is called Haley, isn't she yeah her reaction is well boys need to be told exactly yeah what you need to be very stuff. clear on your do's and don'ts is, is yeah, the way she I, puts it can i come in Why do you do that? Why do you ask when you're just going to do what you want anyway? What is going on? I'll tell you. You promise to be normal about it. Okay. I didn't go to Angels last night. 
I stayed at Paulie's. Stay there loads. It's not a big deal. Okay. <clears throat> Is that a. A you two? Yeah. But you are using. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad you told me. Yeah. But. I woke up this morning and. He was... <laughs> he was having sex with me. Okay. Did you tell him to stop? No. It was so awkward. Okay, and had you... Were you doing it last night? Yeah, but... No, it's just cos... The thing is... It's really difficult for boys. They're not mind readers, babe. So in future, you just have to be really, really clear about what your do's and don'ts are, yeah? Okay? Yeah. Oh, come here. <laughs> Love you. Silly sausage. Yeah. Love you too. There's that scene where she sort of talks about, you know, having her bra snapped at the age of 14 and meeting mm. this old man on a bench. And, you know, her relationship with sex is different from your, you know, your average person. And now your your children are coming of age where mm. they're having sex. Your advice is going to be different than that of yeah. a standard parent. And, I, and, and there's also like that, that side of it that she's, she's aware that she's getting older. She's motherly to all these young girls who are up and coming in the industry, she feels like soon her moment will have passed as as age creeps up on her and she's trying her hardest to stay relevant while mm. sticking to her principles as well and not and, demeaning yeah. herself. For a drama which is about the porn industry, you don't actually see a lot of, no. you know, a lot of new, you know, there was a scene where she was topless, but that was her, like, looking at her body and going, you know, I can't do this for much longer, even though it wasn't said that you, you got that that's what it was, you know, her, her comparing herself to this new girl who was just coming in. My star is diminishing yeah, to an extent absolutely. as well. I mean, the, the Phil Daniels character, I can't remember the character's name off the top of my head. I want to say Dave. Sa Dave. Dave. That is a very Phil Daniels character. Yeah. And actually, it's going to be a Phil Daniels heavy podcast, isn't it? This yeah. week, this is in the next show we're talking about as well. I suppose saying about how the porn industry as a whole is a lot different to where, you know, you imagine that he started and she started, you know when porn was a different beast before the internet, they do actually mention that, don't they? When people were paying for porn videos and, and what have you. And now, as he says at one point, everyone wants something for free and it's and it's harder to actually, yeah. you know, make that money that you used to, as much money as you used to. I thought it was surprisingly grounded. It could have been outrageous, in your face and, and almost bleak but i found it really grounded surprisingly warm as well which i you know i always gravitate to yeah. in the show and i i really enjoyed it the only thing that stopped me progressing uh, is because i want something every week to in, to watch and i i'm gonna enjoy these four episodes yeah. on a weekly basis i think yeah. all of the performances bar two i thought were brilliant i thought rupert everett sport it for me because he felt like he was in a completely different show but, and the tone shifted although i can understand those sort of characters are yeah real, that's, sort of the a Hugh, that's Hugh the character, type. I think. yeah that yeah. that you 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 sort of seen though you know i i imagine you know they didn't explain this but i imagine he's almost like an aging porn star himself yes, that's what that, they took it to you me, got that yeah. impression and that's what that sort of generation of maybe like the mm. 1970s 1980s 1990s point porn stars were mm. and now they're sort of swanning around with their grey hair in the bathrobes having these yeah. sort of having a Sunday afternoon pool and party you're, and you're going to say Phil Daniels aren't you yeah I th because <laughs> I think Phil Daniels is Phil Daniels is Phil Daniels you know he can't have I to actually eat. found him I, I, when we come on to I Hate Susie I thought he actually gave a performance in I Hate Susie I think well he sang so, a song <laughs> more so than in this I, did, I didn't mind Phil Daniels I think he was good casting for this sort of sleazy mm. who sort of tried to keep everyone on side even though he was wheeler dealing and trying to 
getting people to do what he wanted them to do. I think you're right. I think with all the other with all the BBC shows that I've been downbeat on, I think it's because although I've not seen the show before, I've seen shows like it, and I can tell where they probably are going with this. That moment at the end completely floored me. I had no idea that was going to happen. And I have no idea where it's going to go now. Is it going to be able to to maintain yeah, no. that bouncy it, atmosphere of like the first it's gonna, one? It's going to be a little bit more heightened, doesn't it? Because this is sort of a, you know, all fe- written by a woman and directed by a woman as well, George Chad. Yes. And yeah. I quite I quite liked the direction in this. I like the scenes mm. where, you know, the sex scenes that were where while, you know, someone is, is you know, doing things to her she's imagining when i get home i've got to separate the colors and the whites you know she's imagining herself doing the laundry Mm. and i liked all of those choices i also want to give a quick shout out to uh alex jarrett who plays phoebe because i think that's Mm. a tough role to do and i think she did it wonderfully she's haunted by what happened to her overnight at the boyfriend's house and really conflicted about the life that her mum has led to give her the life she's got and that is a really interesting thing. I don't think I've seen portrayed on TV before. I, I've got no, nothing but good things to say about this bar. Yeah, and I, was just I know why he's there. Yeah. And I was just going to say as well, um, Sienna Kelly as Amy as well, I thought was very mm. good. She was like playing it between sort of like the comic and because, you know, she was this dancer and she's gone into porn because she's uh, done something to her leg. and, and she Torn said, a meniscus. Know, there you I go, torn a meniscus and... She was in like a Spice Girls tribute band and she doesn't want to do any work on her knees uh, yeah. because that's going to jeopardise her. Can't yeah. kneel. And then the next time you see her, she's on crutches because um, she's done Daniels has that... been made to... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Her to kneel. Um, yeah, yeah we, we're sort of dancing around some of them all. We're dancing <laughs> around the prolapse is what we're dancing around. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not something I advise you do. Uh, the new Oasis album. <laughs> Dancing around the pro- prolapse, maybe, I don't know. Sounds more experimental. Uh, Channel 4, all four, Monday nights at 10 on Channel 4. Uh, will you seek this out? Are you going to finish it? Or I'll how do you feel? It, yeah, because I, w- I will definitely watch it. As you say, it's on all, all on all four. I wanted to, you know, just watch what we were mm. going to talk about today because I did ask if you wanted to do Yeah, you didn't want to blur the lines. Um, but it's it's brilliant. Really enjoyed it. What I was going to say as we move on now to I Hate Susie is... We've had some really interesting dramas this year about complex female characters. I want to go back to sort of I May Destroy You as well. Issues around sexuality and consent and how it's sort of different for women than it is for men. And and those issues, you know, these female written, female fronted dramas, which have been on the whole very good. And you're going to tell Mm. me now that you actually (laughs) despised I Hate Susie. But do you want to set this up? Because you've watched this a lot more recently than I have. So this is an eight part Sky original that is on now tv and sky atlantic all there it's written and created by lucy preble and starring billy piper who co-created it as well billy piper is playing the aforementioned susie she's a former child star had some pop hits she's um starring currently in sort of a zombie historical drama and gets a phone call from the start at the start of the show to say You've been cast in the next big Disney thing and she's really excited about it. And then she finds on her phone that some uncompromising pictures have been leaked to the press and that they're all over the place. And this coincides with her having fashion shoot with a load of cameras 
and people in the house when her husband Cobb discovers that these photos have been linked as well. And it's about the fallout from that, how she handles it, what it does to her, her relationship with her family, with her best friend, her agent. Um, I always forget the agent's name. For some Naomi? Reason. Naomi, yeah, who is a confidant, her best friend. They've been friends for years. And it's about the way that something like that has an effect on not just you, but your whole world and how you survive it, or if you don't, in the case of Susie Pickles. It's pretty damn perfect, isn't it, really? I'm glad um, you enjoyed it. <laughs> it's yeah, like... it, yeah it's, what, but what I liked about it is probably the me things to always gravitate to. I love the quieter moments of it. She's her, The couple's son is deaf, and the interactions they have whilst trying to keep everything normal for him and have these awful destructive things happen in their life at the same time is just the way they handle that is brilliant you're probably going to tell me i'm wrong but i think daniel ings as cobb was a very believable character and even though he is sometimes awful to his wife there are some moments in there where he's this professor at a school and he he sort of has to remind her you know i have a real job i bring in money too just because you're this once upon a time superstar it's not uh, my fault that the uh, the world rewards different kind of oh, yeah. things you I know mean, but it does feel very sort of semi-autobiographical it, for billy piper so. um, she's even been in a doctor yeah. who star sci-fi yeah, show well, as you say she's like a teen pop star and then she's in a sci-fi show i kept picking up on the fact that the cob character almost felt like billy piper's thing about being married to lawrence fox i just couldn't maybe, get away. Maybe, yeah. i couldn't get away with that because he was yeah. very pseudo intellectual mm. you know take the high road a lot of the time even though i'm not as maybe intellectual as I like to think I am. And actually, yeah. I, I read that line a little bit different to you, that the it's not my fault that people's priorities are different. You know, I found him very passive-aggressive. Oh, a lot yeah, of definitely. The time. But, you know, but he was also... See... Believe, you, almost, yeah. you could believe them as a pair. Yeah, yeah, so no, it, I, I it get takes, that. Yeah. It takes till the final episode. It's not a spoiler. It takes till the final episode for her to sort of come around to the realisation that all these terrible things that have happened to them as a family and to her and to her career all stem from the fact that really they don't work now as a couple. She's fallen out of love with him and she did what she did because she's unsatisfied, she's unhappy and the only reason she was there was she didn't want to destroy both his life and her son's life, which is admirable and I can imagine a lot of people being in the same situation of not wanting to rock the boat. And actually, I think when, when they reveal how the affair happened and who the affair is with, and then later on you learn more about him as well and his background and the fact that he has a reputation behind him that uh, Susie was unaware of, that's really well done because you can see how she would be sort of swept away by him. He's quite a charismatic, quiet character who doesn't say a lot but is, has quite a personality around him, quite a a feel to him that you can imagine completely her being swept away specifically if she was this unhappy in her marriage it does feel as if you're watching billy piper do the most billy piper thing she's ever done there's a sequence or an episode where as we alluded to phil daniels sings a song at her sister's wedding that, that just feels like you're a fly on the wall I, and you're watching it. It's her real-life sister as well, so there's another, oh, okay. bring, there's another bringing in of, of Billy Piper's real life. And I, I think it's quite brave because the comparisons are going to be made. And she didn't have to be a former pop star and an and a ex-sci-fi star, but she was quite happy for those to be in there. So the comparisons are going to be made here, aren't they, about mm. how much of the real Billy Piper has bled in. There's a scene in the final episode where she's recording a voiceover for electric electricity company and they're asking her to to do her reading warmer and warmer and the guy in the booth says there's a sadness in your voice the episode titles are the stages of grief you know yeah. you've got shock denial bargaining acceptance and things yeah. like that and i think yeah. i i think the title as well i hate susie is almost referring to herself you know this almost sort of self-loathing that she's got about her 
current career, you know, the fact that she is the main provider for this family. Um, mm. And I do like as well the, the wedding episode um, where she, uh, you know, you mentioned Phil Daniels, who does play her dad. It's not just Phil Daniels playing Phil Daniels. It is uh, pretty much. Uh, and I think I like that because you can see her working class roots. Mm. You know that there was dispute and disarray in, in the parents' marriage that, you know, Phil Daniels was abusive. She helped her mum you know, buy her house and the dad sort of move out of it and things like that. And there's that tension there. Um, you know, she, he wants to sell a story to the son about her. Uh, and that I, I really like that episode because he, he came around to, no, actually, I'm not going to do it. I am going to be the bigger man. And you saw that mm. was the episode where she was auditioning to be in a musical mm. and she sung American Pie at the start. And then mm. you found out at the end that that was his song that he always used to sing. And I quite like that. As you say, these yeah. sort of warmer, quieter moments. You know, I agree with you that you can see what Susie saw in Cobb when they first met and there's that there is that spark between them in that epi- you know in the end of that episode the weakest bit for me were the sort of the subplots with Naomi and you know she's this bisexual yes. friend of Susie and yes. she's wanting to have a baby I, I mean the performance uh, from Layla Farzhard was uh, very good and, and very believable and their bond again that mm. relationship was strong but what the the scenes where she was on her own away from Susie, I I think were not not because of the actress, but maybe because of the writing that 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 was the weakest element. Yeah, and I I think because the character herself is just as confused as Susie about who she is and where she fits. She thinks she wants a child. She's worried about her biological clock. She thinks she's bisexual, but she's not hundred percent sure on that as well. And because I was so invested with Susie, I, I found myself less engaged. But yeah, the performance was still really good and I can't knock her. And I think also the fact that it showed Susie to be a very selfish person mm. at times because Naomi was, you know, her best friend. They'd been together, as it turns and we, out. And we actually childhood. didn't know that till the final no. episode, did we, when we saw that her mum used to be a cleaner for... Yeah. Naomi's dad, Naomi's mum had passed away. She didn't have that sort of female and figure she came in her from life. A, from a better life than Susie did. But actually, because of the world Susie now inhabits, Naomi's p- problems and everyone's problems are less to her. You know, this is an awful thing that's happened to her and it's world destroying, but she's lost that sense of being able to connect with the people who care about her the most. Not only is she unhappy in her relationship at home, hence perhaps why she was able to let herself be unfaithful, but secondly, she's also deeply, deeply unfulfilled by her work. She's not bothered about being in this zombie show that nobody really watches apart from some Comic-Con fans. She doesn't really want to be in a musical. She knows she hasn't got that great a voice. She mentions that back in the day when she was a star... Everything was auto-tuned, so she didn't really have to try as hard. So she's she's unfulfilled in her life. I think where she succeeds most, even though she's still insular and selfish, I think the bond she has with her son Frank is really interesting. And the fact that people around her want to, her to send him to a school for the deaf. Uh, and she's really uh, against that because she wants him to fit in. That felt really sweet really believable and i thought that was the only true connection that she had with anyone in the show really and i i think the thing about these you know i suppose the three shows i i mentioned i hate susie and adult material and i may destroy you you know you've got these characters not just the the lead characters but the supporting characters as well who are complex who are flawed Mm. who aren't one-dimensional you know they're not always the good guy they're not always the bad guy they are and and that's how people are and and as you say like Cobb could have been like the antagonist here and he was to an extent but a lot of what he was doing while maybe a little bit selfish and a little bit pig-headed you know he had been wronged in that first episode you know he got someone round to change the locks on the house while she was having this photo yeah. shoot which I thought uh, was there's also very... that sequence where she's never gone to visit him at work so the work colleagues don't even know that he's got this relationship with this mm. well known 
superstar and you sort of see him in his environment and how plausible he is there as well and how respected he is by not only his colleagues but by his students and I would imagine quite liked as a lecturer you know so they've both got their different worlds and as you mentioned as well you know her her affair with the director of the the zombie thing Carter Mm. at first you know he's playing it like you know I saw something in you that nobody else did you know I'm in love with you I want to leave my wife I've told my lot I've told my wife about this and then he said and then you find out later that he hasn't told his wife and that no, he, sort he of is, slept, he's slept been, around with yeah. a lot of the other runners and I suppose again that changes your perception of the character because you're seeing these characters mm. through Susie's eyes and I think that's why Cobb keeps you know you can never get a handle on what Cobb is like no. because you're seeing him through Susie's eyes and I but think I th- the same is for Carter that Carter is seen as this wonderful alternative that mm. he's charming he's like you know I, I saw you happy for the first time when we were in bed together mm. and then you just find out that all of this was just lines and things like that and, and it's just great and I, as you say you can read into the sort of the things around Billy Piper and I did like I really like that final scene as well where almost you know about to jump off a bridge and then she meets this couple at first they say can we have a picture she thinks it's a picture of her and then like it's a picture of them and then she asks can we come back with you and and I even liked in that last episode you know the use of voiceover because we haven't had voiceover throughout the series and she says well I used to use voiceover all the time as sort of a coping mechanism she's somebody that when you when you've watched the whole thing she's somebody that's been unhappy a lot Mm. I doubt she would have become a pop star on her own. She didn't have the wherewithal to to make that happen. She, it was just something that bumbled uh, into and her as life. You say, I think because of her upbringing in a family where the parents were always warring and there was domestic mm. violence, and then the singing competition and the pop career made it her. It was a ways star. of escaping she, that. Yeah. She didn't stop being that person. It was just she could be distracted from being this sort of broken person through her various sort of career moves and and you know when something like this happens everything sort of comes back to her and she has this almost mini breakdown it's so personal so raw that i couldn't turn away and i keep thinking about what a marvelous year 2020 would have been for television had the pandemic not spoiled anything and with something like this I think it may have been lost in the shuffle, you know, if we were talking about, you know, the latest season of Succession or the latest series of Line of Juicy, there's a big chance that this would have just been swept under the radar for us and, and been missed completely. So I'm glad that we had the time to watch it and that it was all there. Is incredibly brave. Yeah, I, I think she does wonderful work here. And everybody does, really. I think what it does so well is it... She's the focus, obviously, but everyone around her is really well formed. And it, so. it does almost um, warrant its own podcast, really. <laughs> That's why we've yeah. talked about it for so long because we are talking about a eight episode series rather mm. than just like a one episode, like we've just done with with um, adult materials. Mm. Good show, the best and the worst on the box. People arrange their lives so they wouldn't miss their favorite program. It's the Custard TV podcast. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Next up, it's the return, welcome or otherwise, of Spitting Image 
which is now available in weekly episodes on some Saturdays, I think, on Britbox. Everybody knows what spitting images. It's a takeoff of the week's news, poking fun and being downright rude uh, about people in the public eye and the latest things that have been going on. Grotesque puppets. Did you ever watch it the first time round? I don't think I did. I don't no. think I did. I was aware of it. And I probably saw clips of it, but I don't think I've ever sat through an entire episode of Spitting Image. Yeah, and um, I, I remember, I think it finished 94, 95 maybe, and, and mm. you know, we would have only been 11, 12. Mm. I remember it being on like ITV on Sunday nights and maybe being up later than I should have been and, and Ooh, watching naughty. maybe. I know I did a lot of that, you know, Miss Ben Youth and all that. Yeah. I say Miss Ben Youth, I just sat in watching TV all day. It's similar to now, except you're allowed to um, But yeah, so I do remember like, you know, the John Major character and, you know, they had the song at the end, which they replicated here. You know, has it been a success? You know, do we know if a lot of people have signed the Brit Box? Because of I, this? Know, I know nothing. No. Okay. And I, I know, know actually, speaking, because they had promoted the hell out of this. And I know my mum had said to me, you know, what's Brit Box? You know, I'd like to see it. And I said, well, you'd have to sign up to it. She said, oh, I don't know if I want to do that just for one show. Mm. Um, she said, all oh, the Boris Johnson puppet looks quite funny. And I know, obviously, ahead of time, there had been not controversy, but as people do, moaning on Twitter, um, mainly because there was a Greta Thunberg puppet. And people were a bit mad. Why are you making a puppet of it? Why are you making fun of it? But I think that's the thing about splitting images. They poke fun of everything. It doesn't discriminate on who it discriminates against. No, no. So you were, you know, I I mean, and and generally about sort of satirical stuff. Are you, you know, do you watch a lot Mm. of satirical stuff? I know, have I got news for you outside of that? No, not a lot of that. I think the closest, because the Trump thing has been almost a satirical thing in itself probably take more interest in american politics now than i ever did when we were there but only because it's such a car crash the only satirical thing i do watch of an e- of a morning i will watch the late night show monologues and i will watch uh, last week tonight with john oliver and i think my bigger issue biggest issue with this episode of spitting image was it didn't raise a smile from me i didn't find it once you got over the oh, these puppets are awful and grotesque, and the script itself wasn't that funny. I've heard better impressions of both Boris Johnson and Trump. I didn't think either of them sounded particularly strong. It just didn't make me laugh, and that's the problem. It doesn't matter who they're taking off. I just didn't laugh at it at any points. I was exactly the same. As you say, you know, you you are looking to see what they did with all of these characters. Mm. As I mentioned, you know, famously, they had the John Major, um, the Grey Puppet. And in this, you know, they've got, uh, for example, Dominic Cummings as a, um, like an alien. Uh, so, I mean, those are the main points. Donald Trump having a, um, a rectum who's writing all of his tweets. That was just... Uh... Yeah. And, and, you know, as you say, you know, you can mask it with these puppets. But at the end of the day, the writing has to be sharp. And and that's what it lacks for me. And all all the jokes were very obvious. The only thing they really capitalized on that happened that week was the debate. Everything else you could have done you know, years and years ago, you know, like the Harry and Meghan stuff, the Rock stuff, the Lewis Hamilton stuff. I found it offensive in as much as I was offended by the fact that I didn't find it funny. And I've I've heard all of those people taken off in better ways than this did. And I don't know what Britbox considers a success, but I thought the show itself was a mess and I would not have any desire to see any more of it, frankly. Yeah, and I mean, I don't remember, you know, I haven't gone back to watch some older episodes, but I noticed that the, you know, the the puppets moving didn't correlate with the voices either. (laughs) It didn't look like they were properly speaking the words at the same time. And I don't know if that was... I didn't even pick up on that. The ending song was so flat about the New Zealand Prime Minister doing like a Mary Poppins spoof. You know, at least those songs always used to be quite sharp. Um, they had a number one with a, with one of those songs. So, the chicken you know, song. They, yeah. 
there wasn't one sketch where I went, oh, I would like to see more of that. You know, that was at least funny. There was just no, you know, they, I think they were relying on people seeing the images of the puppets online and going, oh, mm. you know, that looks funny. I remember Spitting Image the first time around, even though, as I said, there'll be a generation who've got no idea what Spitting Image yeah. is, maybe seen it in like clip shows and things like that. But it finished in 94, so people in their mid 20s, mm. you know, late teens will have no idea about the original run so it is it's relying on nostalgia from people again of a certain age who remember mm-hmm. it the first time who are wanting something like that i mean but it, nothing has sort of ever replaced the original spitting image and i don't and this hasn't either <laughs> you no, know it's, it's not it's just not sharp enough it's not funny enough you know they are going for these people but what they're saying everyone has already said and i think in the age of twitter way. when people can just do a mm. quick quip that might get retweeted and sent around or a funny picture that somebody's doctored to make somebody smile that has more of an impact on you than any of this mm. does and this feels outdated by the time it comes around again that's the audience they're going for you know the older mm. audience who aren't on social media but then i i I might be sort of you know generalizing quite a yeah generalizing might be just being quite ageist um but yeah no i'm the same we'll not be going back to this the best i almost i almost resented you for making me watch it at one point like i'm gonna have such a go at him even though it was only like 20 minutes i know and and you made me watch all of the game last week which was four hours sorry about that (laughs) we're even now we're even no we're not i'll have to get you to watch talking of satire though Ooh, Segway and a half. Segway. Could barely move for the yes. amount of Segways in this room. I'm running you down with my Segway there. <laughs> Which you probably couldn't ride, could you? I don't know. I've <laughs> never tried. You know now in, in Stafford they're trialling these really annoying electric scooters? Uh, well, you know what uh, they say about a Segway. It's like riding a bike, so... It's not really, no. is it? <laughs> not at all. But uh, if you've seen these, you know these electric scooters that they're trialling... Yes some of these you know where you can yeah. go on the road on them and stuff and it just seems like an excuse for kids just to be oh we don't need a bike anymore we can just terrorize you on our scooters there he is being ageist again but yeah it's... <laughs> very ageist this week as completely. Those, as those galore i'll just shake my fist yeah. at them from a distance if you heard our desert island drama uh desert island comedy sorry i hope you've heard our desert island dramas as well but if, as you if you heard our desert island comedies earlier this year uh, Sophie put The Simpsons on her list and said she loves The Simpsons, it's a big part of her life, but she can't watch the most recent ones because Lisa, for example, with a new mobile phone, just feels so wrong uh, that it just spoils everything. And Matt put South Park on his list because somehow has managed to move along with the times and still feel relevant while still being about those four elementary school kids and the town that they inhabit. And you said, Luke, you were keen to see what they did about the pandemic. Yeah, it's the only show that I wanted to see their take on the state of our planet at the moment. If there's a drama about it, I won't be that interested. If there's a pandemic comedy written on Channel 4 or the BBC, I'll probably dismiss it out of hand. But I was desperate to see what South Park do with it because they have this way of looking at what we're already seeing and doing a completely new slant on it and making you see it from a completely different perspective and I have to say that I think even though this as Matt says that time of recording hasn't aired in the UK yet it's one of the best things they've ever done I think it's up there with the best of South Park it's an hour-long special cut down to about 45 minutes without the ads and i loved every second of it i thought it was a masterpiece did you feel the same or did yes. i do that usual did i do that usual thing where you hadn't seen it and i already told you i thought it was one of the best things they'd ever done and you went oh it's not that good i think he's blown it out of all proportion well no i don't think i'd seen it i think you mentioned it but i don't think you've gone into details maybe about how you felt about it i mean but generally it's about as the kids are coping with the pandemic, coping with the lockdown. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Cartman absolutely loves it because he doesn't have to do anything. He's yeah. going around with his six-foot stick, which I think we need. I think I'd like one of those. Yes. <laughs> Just yeah. 
poke people in the street, you know, you know, everyone's wearing their masks incorrectly, which was a really yeah. good sort of thing. You know, again, Randy on, on Tegrity Farms is very much raking it in because everyone's wanting weed and then the, the kids are going back to school. But none of the teachers want to come back to school, so they're being taught by the cops because the cops have all been laid off because of recent events and they've had yeah. all their kits taken away from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, then the kids all have to be quarantined because one of the cops shoots token. <laughs> <laughs> and they say a COVID, a COVID-related um, yeah. injury. Um, meanwhile, Randy finds out that it's him who's responsible for... Uh, bringing covid into the into america i went to china last season remember (laughs) um initially because he had he and mickey mouse had sex with the bat and then it turned out i can't remember the name of the the a pangolin that was it um and then he feels that because it's his uh anti-matter that went into the pangolin that he can create a um, vaccine vaccine and and does it in a very interesting way in a very south park way yeah south park way um you know you have got the crassness of south park that people you know like and in that randy story uh Mm. primarily but you've also got the pathos of stan you know he's the one that. who's he's that. struggling but he said you know he's trying to put a brave face on things and he's trying to make things better for for butters who is still yeah. hanging on to the fact that he was going to go to build a bear <laughs> in march and that didn't happen and then yeah. he's they build told a bear. me may build a bear is back open but his dad doesn't want him to go and mm. there's just like little really good lines it's you know when everyone yeah Crowding into the square at the beginning, but his dad says something. Oh, are we rioting or are we protesting? Yeah. <laughs> I, I know Stan and Kyle are those characters who are the heart of the show and speak for the creators. Mm. Cartman, you know, does represent that side of society who's who actually quite enjoy being in lockdown. Yeah. You know, I really liked it, and I think when Trey Parker and Matt Stone get to do these longer form stories, you know, like the imagination land is still one of the best. Mm. I think, you know, they do three parters and this is, as you say, like a feature length hour long episode. I think people who don't normally watch South Park haven't watched it maybe for years or, or certainly the or, last. I think they think they know what it yeah, is. The last few point. seasons uh, ha- have marveled at how, on the nose it's been and it hasn't provided maybe that escapism that you thought it has echoed how people are feeling i mean they do amplify things so for example like you know when the police are given their full force back by the mayor you know they arrive in like tanks with with bazookas and uh, you know threatening them when they're in the Builder Bear and, and things like that. But so. this made me laugh. Consi- we're talking yeah. about Splitting Image. Yeah. I laughed consistently at this on my own, watching this solo, laughing consistently. Yeah. Uh, and no other show could get away with it. No other show could do what Trey and Matt do on this. I mean, if this is the only South Park we get this year, then, you know, they've done a good a good job. It's a mess- masterpiece, I really yeah. do. I think they hit everything. And it wasn't bashing you over the head either. No. It was it was in your face and gentle at the same time, if that makes any sense yeah. at all. Because it just felt like you were watching their take on the world. And it was sort of reassuring, even though you know everybody's going through it, that South Park could take their little their little humour from it, and I like the way that it focused on how it was affecting the kids' mental health because that's one side of the the news that doesn't really get touched on is how young kids actually feel about the way the world has suddenly changed around them, and they're old enough to know and understand, but they can't do anything about it, and they're led by the parents. So I think it was great, and the Zoom gag about all the parents being on mute. Mm. Yeah, I'm just going to mute you guys, okay? Muted. And people ha- complaining about other people not wearing masks in yes. places. and Like yeah. you do that all the time, Luke. Just waiting for that announcement, if there is mm. going to be an, uh, another season or not, and then they'll make that decision. But yeah, I definitely read somewhere that it will be on Now TV by the end of the year. So uh, Speaking of things having another season, Glow isn't. They had shot an episode and a half of what was going to be 
the final season and this week Netflix announced they've pulled the plug even though cast members like Mark Maron are already campaigning for a final movie to wrap things up as the creators already had the final season maps out which if you're someone like Netflix and you've got the budget and the time and the viewership I don't see why you wouldn't do it but they're not doing it. I, uh, I mean, I, I think it comes down to the fact that, you know, we, we talk about TV from, you know, a critical perspective, but we do forget sometimes that it is an industry and it is all based on money and how much money you can make and how much of a loss you're going to make if you delay certain things and how much it's going to cost you. So for in the, in the case of Glow, it was about how safe they can keep these actresses given the fact that the main stories around it are around physical contact it's not like a cast of four or five you know you've got a primary cast of of about 15 or 20 you know knowing characters in there so Mm. it is I, i suppose it's about making sure that a large clump of people are safe that you know that they are they are coming in quite close physical contact but uh, isn't wrestling happening still? It is, but they've got different standards than, than like actual than the TV, world, than actual TV executives. It, it's a thing at the moment where different states have got different rules for filming, and different people have got different feelings about how safe they want to keep their employees. Let's just yeah, let's just put it that. like that. And I think it's a thing where they, they looked at the risk, they looked at how much money the risk would be worth and i think that in the case of glow in the case of netflix they decided the risk wasn't big enough to to gamble on i i and i don't know at the moment with all these shows that they are cancelling whether it's a case of we'll say this for now and then we can act like the big hero when we decide we've we've changed our minds they can have a last season or they can have a I mean, there's there's always that, I suppose. This has affected the TV industry the same as it's affected loads of other industries in just the most horrific way. But I'm interested, particularly in Netflix, who we sort of see as this big mega conglomerate, this giant, this streaming giant with endless pots of money and they are they look that we see them as that, but they are they're mostly running at a loss. Mm. They can't, you know. We see them as this big behemoth, but actually yeah. they aren't making that much money as much as we think they are, you know. And I think, you know, they are cutting where they used to renew all of their series. They mm. are cutting back. And I think now a lot of companies are look, hedging their bets and look at, you know, if you look at the, the film industry and the studios that keep delaying all their releases because they think at some point there'll be this re-emergence of, of the cinema of even life. though you know, yeah. this week we've had all the cine worlds temporarily shutting because they've got no films to show it's one of those where everyone's hedging their bets and i don't know if this is you know the tv producers are hedging their bets saying you know we'll, we'll say this is cancelled for now but if down the line we can run it mm. at a lower cost and i think for glow specifically as well it's a show that maybe was a little bit more niche. Uh, you know, this was going to be its final season regardless. And I think it almost feels like Netflix went, yeah, you can have another season, even though maybe it's not one of the most watched things. It has got that that loyal fan base who, who wanted to see how this thing will end. What, what has become of late, specifically over the last few years, unbelievable and when they see us aside, is this platform that, just like the American networks that I didn't used to like, is now cancelling things. They don't. T- they only tell you when things are a massive hit, even though they don't tell you what a massive hit constitutes. And then they just get rid of things. So you're almost afraid, like I was in the States, to get too invested in things because they could just take it from underneath you and the story would never be finished. I think their ethos when they started the originals, which were House of Cards, Orange is the New Black, the, the creator would have full say of what the story was, whether it wanted to be on there as a box set, whether it wanted to be released weekly. You know, they could even come in and say, we'll give you four seasons if that's what you need to tell this story. Now they're just cutting people off. And yes, I accept that COVID has had this dramatic effect on how 
things are filmed and where things are filmed and how many people can be filmed and how many crew need to be involved in a scene and the safety precautions and all that, which must be an absolute nightmare and a logistical headache. But it's a shame that Netflix has become this platform again that don't get too invested in something like I'm okay with this or everything sucks because they could just as easily be axed. It doesn't matter if we've loved them and falling in love with them and people are talking, they could go. Yeah, but again, that's that's because I'm going to go back to because TV is an industry. Yeah, I know. And it's all but, like, but they sold the themselves end... on they weren't yeah. TV, they were Netflix yeah. and they were giving, I think that's my point is that they, when they originally started they were saying to these big name creators, these Ryan Murphys these Shonda Rhimes, don't do network do Netflix because you can tell the stories you well, want to tell, we don't get I think, involved Yeah, but I think for the most part, apart from you know you mentioned um, Everything Sucks for the most part, they did stick to that and it's only recently as you say, with with the pandemic, that they have been, and, well, no, and this it, is stuff that this is stuff that they've renewed. Mm. So you know, as you say, they've renewed Glow, they've renewed I am not okay with this, and then they've reviewed that because of. I think the know, one that sticks in a lot of people's craw. It's not one we've ever spoken about on the podcast. I think Gary was a fan. Is a show called The OA, which is this mm. really sort of bizarre, difficult to pinpoint show that is very critically loved with a very loyal and vocal fan base. They got two seasons, they got to a really interesting point by all accounts, and then it was just pulled and they didn't get their chance to have a conclusion. And I just think it's a shame because... But Yeah, it, I mean, I'm not sticking up for Netflix, but at the end of the day, if, you're, if your show isn't doing... A, you know, isn't appealing, it, people aren't watching it, then... You know, it's it's unfortunate, but yeah, it's going to be cancelled. Uh, yeah, but as just, a creator, there's no yeah. difference between going to Netflix and going to ABC, really, from that point of view. If your show's going to be, but I don't. I mean, an ABC yeah. would have picked maybe picked it up to to begin with. I don't think mm. something like you know, I've never watched the OA, but I think I think creators can take more creative risks. Mm. You know, I think that might be it that you can come to our network and and do what you want but you know at the end of the day and i think creators know this that mm. there's a risk whatever because it is an industry where people are paid for a certain thing and there are certain expectations and if it's not appealing then unfortunately sometimes we are going to have to cancel your show i think at the moment we are in ex- you know exceptional times and uh, I think the the creators of Glow did put out a rather classy statements saying, mm. you know, people are dying at the moment. You know, it's it's, oh, not it's a shame, but there are bigger things going on. And I think when everything, you know, if if anything does get back to normal, and I'm using my inverted commas there, we can maybe revisit it and maybe look at putting it somewhere else. And and I suppose you don't know now if the Netflix contracts have changed because of what's going on. It might be completely different. Mm. You know. I would hope so, so. I don't think the word cancel perhaps means what it used to mean, you know, that it might mm. never come back, especially in this age of people picking up new things and people mm. changing their minds about cancel As a platform, shit. Netflix is in a very interesting place. It, taking COVID out of the scenario, it's in a very interesting place because it's making what I would consider to be disposable television. A lot of things that you would see on you know, TLC or, or W, a lot of documentaries that are quite disposable. It's not ha- making things that people talk about to the same degree. I think Tiger King hit the hit the market at just the right time, and it was this talked about thing, and I think Netflix thrives off the big conversation, and I think they haven't had a big conversation this year since that. So it's going in a very interesting direction. Is that it? Any other business? No, I don't think so. I have no idea what we'll discuss next week. But what else? Let us worry about it. You just bring your your ears and your friends if you want to. Tell us what we're about. We're on all the major podcast apps. That includes Amazon Music. It means Spotify, Apple Music. We're we're everywhere. Apple Podcasts, rather. Uh, Not Apple Music. Music. Amazon Music and Apple Podcasts. You can find us everywhere you want. Please review us. Please tell people that Matt and I and the occasional guest 
do exist because it just helps raise the profile of the podcast and the site in turn, thecustardtv.com. The YouTube channel is up and running and full of podcast content. That is Custard TV on YouTube. We're on Twitter at Custard TV Pod. And we have an email address, uh, custardtvreviews at gmail.com. Perhaps there's something over the last year or so that you haven't heard us discuss that you'd like to know our views on, then let us know and we can squeeze it in now because TV isn't coming at us at such a rate as it normally would. So we've got more time to to look at these sort of below-the-radar shows that we may have missed along the way. Um, Speak to you soon. Bye. See ya. Rate and review us wherever you find us. I think that it's programs like this that help people realise that they're not alone. Search The Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes and Facebook.